have you have refrained from physically harming two small boys. I think that's excellent. Yeah, we've still got a couple of weeks to go. <laughs> that's true. Better not speak too soon. Yeah, exactly. I'll be I'll be that person saying to the local newspaper, she seemed so nice. <laughs> I would never have employed her if I'd have known. I never thought she'd have done that. God, really. So who are we going to have with us today, Laura? Well, so today we've got um, a gentleman called AJ Maud, who um, is, well, not relatively new for um, the British scene. He's very well known in America. Um, He was born in America, I believe, but his parents are British. Um, And his career, I think he did his training um, in Boston. Swiftly moved to LA and did lots of session work and obviously... A lot of work with the fashion pack. Um, oh, yeah! But then he got married and married a British girl and came back to England, living in London, um, but commuting from Brighton. And I think he'd had enough of the commute and wanted to open a salon. So he's opened up his own little one-man band salon in Brighton. So yeah, wow! Fantastic. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, really, they have really to find out how that's going. So he's certainly well travelled, and the session thing is very interesting. And who is with? Well, AJ? someone who doesn't really need much of an introduction in the hairdressing community, um, Adam Reed. I've been wanting to do a podcast with him for ages, so it'll be great to have him on him on board. He so. opened a salon in, I think, right at the end of twenty nineteen. This gorgeous salon in Spitalfields in London, very eco sustainable yeah he's very he's very um he's an eco warrior he Adam, is. I know that but very that, understated so. and i think very him he's it sounds like yeah I don't know, i've not been there yet um, so what are we going to ask them to talk about well i just thought it'd be interesting to find out a bit about session styling um really the effect i guess of the pandemic and how it's going how we're going to emerge from this moving forward what's the session world yeah. going to look like um, and has there any been anything happening actually in the last exactly. ten months? And and how important is the session world to you know translating trends to consumers and things like that? So yeah, just yeah. I think we haven't really we've talked obviously a lot of about salons closing and that's obviously been a massive um, part of it. But I think there's a lot of session yeah. stylists out of there who are worried yeah, about finding things community. are hard. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. And the people that go with them, the stylists and the makeup artists and the photographers. And actually, yeah. as an industry, we rely on them hugely. Exactly. So we want them to be survive. Yeah, Good. Brilliant. Lovely. Bring them in. Get the kettle on. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Respect Philly podcast. I'm Lauren Stone. And I'm Nikki Pope. And today we've got very exciting guests, AJ Maud and Adam Reed. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you on the screen. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. So we're going to have a little chat about all things session styling, the fashion world, kind of the hairdressing that goes on outside of the salon and the education room. With either of you, because I know you have done in the past, Absolutely. certainly done a lot of session styling. Would you still have done shows and things usually? Had this been the normal run of things? Yes, absolutely. And shows are still taking, uh, presentations are still taking place because they're allowed. Um, but I, uh, And I don't know how much in London is actually happening. Um, and it's sort of just waiting to see. Well, obviously, Paris Couture, uh, Couture has just finished. Um, and a lot of the presentations were pre-recorded and, and shown respecting social distancing and what have you. But this one is still going to take place in lockdown. So it's it's an absolute minefield, I would assume. And I've been put on hold for some, but never. I don't know if they're going to happen or not. 
no yeah and aj what about you have you had any contact with people doing them or been asked to do anything no no not this year i mean i'm you know still kind of new into trying to get into a lot of it over here and and so i haven't uh been able to do any yet um but i think you know like adam said it's a it's a lot of just people are trying to do things but it's maybe not quite going ahead or they think they can and then it doesn't it's it's hard then as well because i think there's been so much focus on obviously salons physically shutting but a lot of there's obviously a lot of session stylists as well that are out of work and how does it work with furlough and things like that i mean there's no well session styling can still take place at the moment so shoots are still allowed to take place they i don't think they were last the second (laughs) lockdown But this lockdown, shoots are allowed to happen. So studios are allowed to open. Um, And I know a lot of session stylists, you know, everybody's sticking to the rules um, with regards to PPE and all of that. And and Mm -hmm. studios are totally different places. But luckily, freelancers who rely on that work this time are allowed to work. And I think, you know, that's a positive um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. There are elements that make yeah. you wonder why you can't open a salon if a studio could open oh, yeah. and things like that. But I don't think you can't really dive too deep into thinking about those things. But, I know. Um, I, you know, I think they can get on and that's great. Fashion mm. Week's going to be interesting. I'm sort of yeah. looking forward to seeing what actually happens. And do you think, so So let's back up the bus a minute. So this time last year, so AJ, this time last year, you were, you were, you've been in the UK for a few years now, have you? Yeah, Yeah, I've been in the UK uh, about three years now, just over. So I think we've just had the fashion week, so there's lots of shoots and things going on. There was that sort of sense of, well, real shock, I think, coming up to a year ago. It just seemed to happen really suddenly. That was my memory of, of the lockdown and the response to COVID. Yeah. I mean, it, it. I still feel like it's all happening very suddenly. Like, uh, you know, it could be tomorrow that they'll suddenly say, okay, you can open in two days. There just seems to be no kind of sort of rhyme or reason and to when things are happening and how quickly and, you know, you can reopen but not till Monday or you can close but you've got three days till you need to close. And, uh, you know, it all just seemed to just kind of hit and that was kind of it. I mean, the one thing that has been quite helpful in the first one and the second lockdown is we had a couple days at least to kind of do something. Whereas I kind of felt this last lockdown is kind of hit you Christmas yeah. Eve. And then we, cause in, really... there's no time in to London, plan. We were shut down on the Saturday. So London, sh- oh, yes, literally we found out oh, in the morning right. and we shut that evening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also do think we're a little bit more prepared now. Um, mm. The first time, I, I, I have absolutely no doubt we were all in shock um, and not knowing what was going to happen, that was very scary and, and scary for everybody because mm. ultimately yeah. any freelancer and most session stylists work freelance, they, their work was cut just like that yeah. and, it was, and it still yeah. is shocking how that's being managed yeah. uh, and I think for everybody um but from a creative perspective I think that's what hit hairdressers worst last time the first time last time mm. I don't even know I didn't even know what day it was today no. <laughs> I'm not joking. we're on the third time I honestly <laughs> thought it was Friday we're on the 
<laughs> we're on the third. We're on the third. So the first Lockdown, one, yeah. creatively, was really difficult. Yeah. And yeah, I'm lucky. I do obviously. I have a salon, and I work in a salon. Yes. Um, but creatively, that was sort of ripped from underneath the creative element yeah. of our industry. And and the effect that that has is immense. It's immense mm. because ultimately that's like taking sums and math away from an accountant. Yeah. Well, well, but even worse, actually, Adam, I think it's even worse than that because I, I've been in, in this industry for a long time, 20, 20 lots of years. Oh, you started um, when you were four. Uh, I know. <laughs> I was groomed from a young age. Um, but it was the first time that I had really understood that for you guys as hairdressers, it was actually really torturous not to be able to do hair, use your hands, do something creatively. And, and I was quite struck by the anxiety it's horrific. that caused you. It's horrific. Yeah. And, and I hadn't really got that. We can't yeah. do it at home, you know. No. So I'm talking living in London. You know, we live in small spaces and... Um, we don't ha- we don't I don't keep my kit all of my kit at home and actually it was you weren't allowed out and now we're we're not allowed out literally not allowed out East London was stopped continuously um so getting to the salon to get wigs and um pieces and try different things out is very difficult it's a it's, I think it's a hard thing to be taken and it was interesting yeah. last year as well you know we shut down on that Monday and I rem- no, we didn't, did we? We shut down. We were told on a Saturday, and I remember that Monday, all of my jobs started to cancel, and I saw my emails come through, and this was through the year. And again, that's education, but a lot of creative from my uh, sort of my creative work, and I found that really hard to handle. Seeing though, not from a money perspective, that came a, a week or so later, but the thought of I was like. I've been doing I've been in London now for 26 years and I've done creative work for that 26 years as everybody knows to have that removed was it was like a kick in the teeth Mm, and that was really hard yeah what have you found hard AJ I went I mean I went into all the lockdowns with the best intentions to do as much as I can at home and things like that and just to keep and it's I've got a little one at home and things like it's just the best intentions just never really kind of end up happening. It's sort of, you know, with everything going on. And I have found this lockdown, this third one, to be the most difficult of all. And I probably now have Horrific. more time oh, take, than I did in the first really one. Yeah, yeah. But this yeah. one, it just, yeah. I think the fact that there really doesn't seem to be any kind of end in sight, or at least yeah. kind of yeah, set I'm, out if a review <laughs> and things, it, it it's made it just yeah. really, I think, mentally difficult. Absolutely. And the weather and all that. I mean, Adam, do you remember you and I were doing the whole Tribute Magazine pages? You did a shoot for Tribute Magazine. You did, we did 16-page feature. Absolutely. You did photographs. But do you remember, the streets. Uh, uh, I had my picture taken by the, that incredible photographer on the first Monday back. And yes, I right. remember when you Enjoy asked that. me to do tribute and I, I've i seen tribute through the years and the quality of work is incredible. And I was like, oh, actually, I've not got time to do that. But do you know what was lovely is the back to basics element of, you know, I decided to shoot on my iPhone. And when I first started hairdressing, I bought a £35 camera and would take oh, all I of... I read that today. Yeah. Well, Thank I would you. take all of my <laughs> pictures 
myself and then enter things. Yeah. And do you know what? There was something lovely about that. And I think we were, we had only been open for four weeks, as you remember, and I didn't have a good first lockdown. Um, and there's something about going back to basics that's nice. My concern with this one is the the damage that is going to have happened and how creatively we move on from that. Because as we know, session, you know, magazines and things, um, creative magazines were becoming, a, unfortunately, print you know, it, it was it was going. Um, and that was a lot to do with the cost. And my massive concern is how we're going to... I, I'm, not, I'm not finding this lockdown easy at all. I think it's horrific and I totally agree with you. It, 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 I, I do not like it. But I'm very concerned about how we're going to manage the exit of this creatively. Do you, do you think, I mean, in the first lockdown, you know, people were taken to its Instagram. There was so much, so much stuff on there. Um, this time around, there's good quality stuff, but I don't feel like it's been as um, saturated. Do you think people are kind of taking a step back and they're kind of, I don't know, mentally, I think people are just starting I to feel a bit totally like... I totally agree. And, 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 and like losing that creativity, you know? Just mentally <laughs> fatigued. I yes, totally agree. Yeah. Sitting in your house for, I mean, over yeah. the last year, if, if this goes on till, you know, March, April, over the last year, we will have you know most salons will have been closed for about seven months or yes. more depending on the area you're in. And, yeah, it's, yeah. and it just it takes its toll mm-hmm. you know to your work to your creativity to everything and it, yeah. it's it's i think now with it being dark all the uh, time raining winter yeah i mean it's yeah. a it's a difficult time for everyone anyway whether you're working or not and then yeah. you add this into it and i think it just it, it's a real struggle AJ, you've you've done a lot of work with, you know, whether it's celebrities styling hair, doing photo shoots, doing salon work. Do you worry about um, people, how people have styled their own hair or managed during this sort of, well, it's going to be a year of lockdown. Do you think that will impact on the kind of work that is available? Do you see any shift? Do you think people are going to go, I know this is big worry from salon hairdressers that everyone's going to have learned how to do their own hair and not need them anymore, which personally I think is completely unfounded. Not a chance, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. I've seen some of the haircuts that people are doing themselves and I I definitely don't worry about that. Do you think that fashion weeks are going to look the same? Do you think there's going to be elements of it that are no? No. Do you know what's interesting as well? I think that you see the devastation on the high street, Topshop, Debenhams, all of those places that would normally, you know, that's where the filter goes to, number one. Number two, I think that what's going to be very evident is the amount of money that is spent on producing, say, a fashion show. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. And and a lot of the time, it's a beauty or hair care brand that sponsors those shows. And they're, you know... I I cannot see even big brands because, again, one of the things that, you know, I was really, really conscious of was the big brands aren't getting the money. No. (laughs) Because we're all shut. And and it's that filtering down thing. And the landscape will change. Also, I I really believe that, that the money going into it 
is isn't gonna look as attractive anymore. No. So actually yeah. it's going to be, you know, when I first started in London, and I've been talking about this quite a lot recently, we would go and do shows and we would swap clothes for a hair team and we would, you know, <laughs> there was a camaraderie and I think we're gonna see that again because we are going to have to see that again. Mm-hmm. Top yeah. shop shutting is huge. Yeah. It's huge because yeah. that's the high street. Um, ASOS yeah. buying it's also very interesting. Um, or yeah. ASOS, who bought? I think ASOS bought it. I don't. I can't remember. But yeah, yeah well, ASOS. Yeah, it can. It couldn't really carry on anyway. And this is given a, a real shift that I cannot see that happening anymore because it can't happen because yeah. of the financial elements of all of those things happening. And I think I think so much money has been spent to adapt to the current climate with everything going on that they'll they'll sort of keep moving in that direction and adapting to the things that happens. And, you know, and longevity, isn't it? It's disposability, which I've always had a a real issue with. You know, I I, I spoke about the Fendi show the other day that was pre-recorded. That's instant longevity. That's never going anywhere. And it was beautiful. Mm. And obviously that was money spent on there. That's a, you know, a different thing. But it was the the elements of the play down. And actually last season at Fashion Week, I did Roxander and we did a presentation where people came through. um, And there was something incredibly personal, salon based. So remember the old salon sort of shows and that Dior and, you know, everybody used to do. And it really seemed to work. Um, So if it works, why go back to spending a lot of money? Um, just to put on a show because again there was an element of unfairness to that um, because only brands that were getting sponsored or or had the money could do it and again it meant that teams hair teams makeup teams were bought in because of money Mm. and again it's going to go back to Mm. designers using hairdressers and makeup teams that they want to use, not that they have to use. And, use, you know, there's all of those sorts of things. I think that's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. Nikki, you asked earlier about, um, you know, working with celebrities on junket tours and premieres. There's something about that when I've done that before and AJ, I'm sure you'll agree. um, And so if you don't, there's a relationship that you're traveling around with them and, you, and you're their ally throughout that. It isn't just about you doing hair. It's about the fact that they're long, hard days. And actually, yeah. that person chooses us as a, a professional as much for what we can do on their head as what we do inside their head. And I think that's yeah, become yeah. very evident that, yeah. you know, when I work with actresses I'll go to the premieres and I'm the dinner date and I'm the shopping date and I'm the sitting on the plane date it isn't just about what I do to the hair and that's amazing and again I think that's gone through into salons people miss that interaction with their hairdresser as much personal as connections or something it's especially now more than ever where no one can see anyone <laughs> yeah. everyone's dying for those personal connections and to just AJ, I'll ask you this because you've particularly worked abroad for long periods of time, both perhaps in salons and not in salons. Is it a British thing that hairdressers just don't have as much confidence in their value? Is it, is I, it just that they're here? I mean, why, I, don't, why, why is everyone so worried that these clients are going to replace them so quickly? Because to me, it's 
a no-brainer they're not going to be. I mean, I'm not sure why people would be worried that clients are going to replace them with something other than potentially another stylist for whatever reason. But I think the the lack of confidence starts from the top. You know, there you can see throughout all of these lockdowns that the government has just overlooked this industry completely and have devalued it from the beginning. And I think when you go to places like the States where you have to be state licensed, you have to go to, you know, certain number of hours, things like that. It, it gives people and stylists the confidence that there's a, a system built yeah. in that says you're valued you're skilled and and this is your industry. And and I think that that's something that for me personally, I've noticed seems to be missing. Mm. And yeah, well, I don't think it's just you. I think it is an endemic problem in Britain that the hairdressing industry, you know, people are so that whole saying, isn't it? I'm just a hairdresser. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was always at school. If you couldn't do anything else, you could always be a hairdresser. And that was, you know, that was ingrained in us. I remember it was like, Oh, actually, he is an academic, so he could be a hairdresser or a window dresser was always another one. And it was always devalued as a thing, as a career, because ultimately, also there are a lot of salons on the high street and in smaller places, you know, it was like there were 10 10 a penny salons on a high street. So actually it was like, oh, they always need somebody to wash hair and make a cup of tea. And that's what it was seen as, as a career, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Here's the thing. Do you think this has changed over the years? It, again, when I when I came straight out of nursery school into hairdressing twenty something years ago, <laughs> it was very much the case that you were kind of like a salon hairdresser or you yeah. were a session hairdresser, but that was fashion and that was different. And you, and you never the twain. Yeah. Yes. And then we had the whole nineties, two thousands, where people you know decided that you could be on TV or you could do both. Um, do you? Do you think? that has improved or do you still think there's a bit of a divide do you what do you no not at all i don't think there's a divide anymore uh, 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 no i think that you know we've always admired session session hairdressers um but you look at teams now you know i know ryan in my team he goes off richard philip goes off kai goes off these guys all go off and do session work and then work in the salon um and it was something i know when i moved to london i was like I wanted to be able to do a bit of everything. I never found it that hard. Um, But there definitely was a divide, but I think that's just gone now. Um, And you still have your session for big campaigns and massive shows, and that comes down Mm -hmm. to loyalty, which is just so lovely. Yeah. I think probably as the industry evolved, everything evolved with it, and people, you know, that own salons are allowing people to go out and do the session work and come back and and have that sort of freedom and that time to kind of do that thing. Whereas maybe before it was, you you work here and you work here and that's kind of it. And, yeah. you know, but, but I think that, you know, people, at least in the States, I mean, one of the reasons I got into it was sort of the freedom and the autonomy to be able to move to England or, you know, yeah. go and do this or go and do that. And I think a lot of people now, you get into the industry because of those avenues and those opportunities that, you know, people can have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it going to be? Like, we started off talking, Adam, you were talking about, you know, the creativity and how is that, how are we going to emerge with that? Do you think 
that's must is that a similar question for the for the photographers and the other very sort of key people on shoots absolutely absolutely um I, I, my hope is, and as, as we've mentioned earlier, you know, editorial and shooting and things, it, it's still able to take place. Um, and I was supposed to be on a job this week in Milan, actually, that that got cancelled because of the returning in the UK time thing. Oh, gosh. Um, um, I, I think, I think creativity is going to thrive because everybody is so excited um, yeah. to do it and I think in any time of excitement creative creatives thrive they do I think yeah. you see that through time um and yeah, I think history. we're going to come yeah. back with this incredibly sympathetic return to creativity and again not overexposure um and not immediate it's done and then it's gone you know I still look at images from when I started hairdressing, when I moved up to London 25 years ago that Guido had done when he was at Tony and Guy and, you know, all of those guys. I still look back at that imagery, whereas I think hairdressers nowadays are, again, way too disposable. Everything is changing quickly and it's, you know, actually to be overtly creative, I think there's a nervousness and I think that's going to go. I hope that's yeah. going to go. And we're going to really thrive creatively. And yeah, that's yeah. my hope. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what do you? Yeah, I mean, I, your I, take think, on that? I think, as Adam said, it's it's right with Instagram and TikTok and all this other stuff. Everything is just you know, it's here, then it's gone, and you move on to the next thing, and it's another viral video, and it's another this and another that. And I mean, I would love to see it return to, to sort of kind of the creativity and the stuff sticking around and having more substance and kind of really yeah. being a part of how we move forward rather than just it's here and it's gone and you move on to the next thing. Yeah, I think you used that word disposable, um, Adam, and that yeah. I hope that's gone. Me too. I hope it's now. Yeah. I hope that's gone and I hope we're more um, emotional in a Absolutely. way. Absolutely. And do you know what I think will yeah. come with that is individuality again, because I really do believe that, you know, don't get me wrong, because you look at Sam McKnight and Guido and Eugene and, you know, these amazing long-term session and editorial stylists, they continuously evolve. But then you see these young yeah. people and it's like, that's, the same thing that I've continuously seen and they're doing it as people pleasing and it's and I get it I do understand that but it gets so dull um, and you know sometimes you see something or I'll look back at something Eugene did uh, 15 years ago and I'm like why aren't people doing this why aren't people wanting to do this and trying it I really hope that we get that back and actually it is, there is longevity to what we see and, and that I do not like disposable because ultimately what comes with disposable is mediocre because it's gone in a couple of days and people aren't that scared of it not looking great um, because actually they know that something else will be there very quickly where for me, I like to think if I've done something... Yeah. People are going to look back at that and go, oh, do you remember that time Adam did a colour trophy show where yeah. it was just stupid and wild and crazy? But well, the thought the process it, was in it. it. Yeah. It's so yeah. lovely. And that's well, what you makes... Want, you want the... Sorry. You want the creativity to be more 
thought provoking. Absolutely. You, know, you want it to you want people to feel something when they see it, not just, oh that looks cool, I'll like that, and then I move on. Cause, yeah. Cause it just like Adam said, it shows that you're so sort of rehashing things that kind of been done over and over because it's easy you know it gets likes and then you just move on I, uh, do you, do you think know, it's a confidence like thing like culture well? though should go because people yeah. believe in likes and that's not yeah. good that is not yeah, good yeah, that's to go. you need to be to doing go. it for yourself as of well, course you know? it's, yeah it's a... but don't you so i think that um what will make things be better hopefully is that okay so we've had photographs for a long time but now there are so many things on film so brands are now putting their shows online and as a, a media journalist consuming this I am probably more critical or I can stop something I can rewind it I can watch it over and over again mm. so in a way hopefully that's going to force better yeah values yeah better quality because you know I've seen last summer I mean there were there were a lot of things which you know, frankly, shouldn't have been on screen, but they were, and we kind of forgave it because it was in the moment and people were kind of like, quick. but now I'm thinking like, ah, hang on, it's got to be better than that. If you're going to have it on screen and you're going to be in high definition and you're going to want me to invest and sit here and absolutely know, come away from my family. And yeah. so I think hopefully that's going to drive standards up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and again, Everything's... that's sort of taking a back step again. Um, and you look at the longevity in something. Yeah. Which I think Absolutely. is exciting. I think is having it on video as well. I mean, you know, if they're moving around and things, you see stuff moving, you see it from all angles and you've got to, you know, it's got to look its best. I miss seeing hairdressers working live. I miss yeah. that. I miss mm -hmm. the thought process of being in the audience and thinking okay what is that person going to do it's the same as with fashion for me you know mm -hmm. when I've been involved with say Central St Martins or you know some of the shows that I've been involved with one of the most exciting parts for me is live um, and is going yeah. in and meeting a designer and meeting a hairdresser and the stylist and and uh, our thought working I've missed that more than anything else um, and I obviously I do that with my team and I do that with other hairdressers. But that, that's, that has to come back. And, and like yeah. Tribute Show and, you know, I, I obviously do colour trophy shows and things like that. I miss that creativity. I miss the buzz of backstage at Fashion Week. Um, and, yeah. and, and you thinking, OK, I like this. But is everybody else going to like this? And are yeah. they going to understand yeah. what we do? I miss that yeah. more than anything. I really do. And the yeah. training, you know, when I love going backstage and seeing, you know, somebody standing there, usually with, you know, all these hairdressers and he's showing them how to do this amazing, you know, making it look this and that and you just do that. And then, of course, everyone goes off and, and does it. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, we've lost yeah. a year of that. It's so true, Nikki. And strangely, okay. just quickly, I was going to say yeah. this. A lot of younger hairdressers from that skill set that you need to be a really good session stylist where you need to ha know every single element of hair because actually you go into a designer and they say, okay, my reference is Tippy Hedren from um, The Birds and, you know, I want that texture, but I want this. If you don't know that, then you, that's your job yeah. done. Um, yeah. 
And a lot of hairdressers do not have that encyclopedic knowledge of referencing and eras. And the education that comes with that is incredible. As you can see, I'm a book person. So I am (laughs) old school. I'm an old man. Um, You know, and that's where I'll look for and I'll buy the books. and, And I love that. I miss that more than anything, actually. Yeah. Aww. AJ, I just wanted to ask as well, because you, obviously you've worked, you know, in massive teams, you've worked in sp- busy salons, backstage, you know, everything. And so now you're working, you're kind of a one man band in, in mm-hmm. your place in Brighton. How do you find working kind of solo? Is that? Um, it, it's got its positives and negatives. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I think sort of where I got to is that I really love working with people. I love collaborating. I love doing all of that stuff. But I've just sort of found since kind of coming over here that I also kind of want to work for myself. Yeah. And at the moment with, you know, kind of being newly-ish here and I've got a young family and all that stuff, and just sort of going back to to kind of being on my own and then trying to maybe build it kind of from there and, and see what happens rather than, you know, kind of put myself somewhere that maybe I'm not 100% happy just to to be around, you know, kind of other people. I, I think that in this industry, you know, as Adam said, we kind of thrive on collaboration and seeing live yeah. hairdressing and, and being with other people. And I think even being on my own, that that stuff has a way of finding you if you're looking for it. Yeah, of course. And so I don't, you know, I don't necessarily need to have that in my space, even though I love it. Mm-hmm. Um you, you know, for me, just being on, on my own, it's good, but I definitely miss, you know, that this client's in and you just want to have a chat yeah. like, this is what I'm thinking. I need someone else to just agree with me. Yeah. Uh, I think I, by, by very definition, a hairdresser has to be an extrovert, really. You can perhaps be an introvert, you know, you'd have to, it's the external stimulation, yeah. it's the collaboration, it's the you know, the reward of seeing somebody transformed or a concept brought to life or something. It's a very... Um, Sometimes very... I almost feel like you just need to say stuff sometimes out loud to someone else just so to true. hear yeah. hear it, just so you can think, all right, that's that's what I want to do. Yeah. Or that's what I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Depending on the I look did... on their face. Yeah, did I just say that? <laughs> wow, gosh. I think that is our half hour. I know, I think we've covered uh, our oh lots of topics. <laughs> I know, we have talked. Wow. <laughs> Every word a gem. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank All you. Quality stuff. Really <laughs> so just quickly, just to finish off, first thing that you want to, after this lockdown, what do you, each of you, first think work-wise? Gonna I, just wanna get, I just want to get back to work. I just want to get back to, you know taking care of clients and just sort of moving on and, and hoping that this is the last one and kind of get back some sort of normalcy, whatever that looks like, and a little bit of a rhythm. Yeah. 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 Adam? Uh, do you know what? I want to spend as much time with people as I can and my team obviously first, but then my wider team. Um, I want to go to events and I want to see people. That's more than anything. I really want to spend time with people. (laughs) Yeah. 
And <laughs> I want my work. Please come and, and <laughs> come and cuddle me. And <laughs> I know. Well, I just want my world to be bigger than this house and the road yeah. outside it. I just want to be in a bigger world. Thank you so much for joining us. That's really kind Thank of you. Thank you. Thank you. See so you later. Lovely to see you. Thanks. Bye. So thank you to our guests, AJ Maud and Adam Reed, having a conversation with us there about session styling in particular and what the pathway might look like going forward for session work in hairdressing. So fingers crossed we can get back to that as soon as possible. Thank you very much for listening. We are talking regularly on Respectfully Podcast. So if you like what you heard, please do look us on the iTunes shop I think we're on Spotify and all the other regular podcast providers don't forget to rate and review as as it drives us up the charts and makes it easier for other people to discover hairdressing podcasts I'm Nikki Pope I'm Lauren Stone thanks for joining us bye